The Secret World Chronicle, a podcast novel series by Mercedes Lackey and Steve Libby, presenting Book Two, The Hunt, Red, White, and Blues, Part Two, written by Steve Libby, read by Veronica Jaguer. Within minutes, they had left the gathered skyscrapers behind. By a series of overpasses braided around each other, Vicky entered the sporadic traffic on I-20, the east-west corridor leading to the poorest sections of Atlanta. I don't know that part of town so well, she told Red Savior, who only shrugged and watched the industrial warehouses pass beneath them. Are you sure you want to go there? Of course is where action is. Vicky blew air out her cheeks and hunched forward over the wheel. Red Savior gave her a sidelong look. You're frightened. I can see it in your shoulders. Just concerned. Mr. Tesla is counting on me. To what? Control overbearing Russian metahuman? <laughs> Red Savior snorted a laugh. It's good joke I make. No one, man or woman, has ever controlled me. Not even workers' champion? Belladonna said with a smirk. Keep testing me, little blue girl. A look of consternation crossed her face as Vicky exited the highway. Why are we stopping? I... Uh, I need to check something. Vicky's voice was small, evened in the silent car. Just... just relax, okay? The exit ramp deposited the sedan directly on a street, just north of an intersection. Vicky pulled up to the curb and stopped. She lowered her head to the steering wheel. Are you carsick? Belladonna asked, placing a hand on her shoulder. I can cure that in a jiffy. I am a healer, you know. I'm fine. Can I have a minute? Her voice almost cracked. Alone? Red Savior and Belladonna exchanged a look. Sure, Vicky. Take your time. The Commissar needs a smoke anyway. The two women stepped out of the vehicle. Red Savior lit up a cigarette. Agoraphobia, she said quietly. Belladonna raised an eyebrow. Very good. I saw it too. You have medical training? Five years in militia. We've received EMT training, victim evaluation, such things. I learned to tell the difference between drunk and mental patient. She pointed with her cigarette. Poor comrade is barely holding her head straight. Our bickering probably didn't help. The Russian grunted. She should stay out of Russia, then. It's our favorite pastime. She craned her neck to survey the street. Hmm. Very downtrodden. Like Moscow ghetto. Economic class disparity in your country astounds me. It astounds us, too, sometimes. I suppose this is what we have to look forward to in my country, unless Communist Party can regain trust of people. 
allure of television and fashion accessories have wiped memory of Marx from the proletariat's mind. Then you're catching up with the rest of the world. Consumer culture seems to be the norm. Red Savior peered into the gloom. It takes many forms. Look. On the next block, a dozen young men, black and white, stood on the corner. Their exaggerated gestures conveyed their bluff machismo even at a distance. One leaned on a stopped car, passing a plastic bag into the open window and accepting a wad of cash in return. The car sped off and the man rejoined his friends. Drug dealers. You have heroin here. Crack's predominant in the South. Out West it was meth. Belladonna screwed up her face in distaste. This is tolerated. Where are being Milizia? Cops? Probably on riot duty. These jerks are small fry. Red Savior cast her cigarette aside and started forward with long strides. Her hands glowed with azure fire. Hey, what are you doing? Belladonna ran to her side. Frank small fries. Drug trafficking is crime. Easy, lady. Echo tries not to step on the local police department's toes. She interposed herself between the Russian and the drug dealers down the street. Plus, there's the extreme force law. Oh, Russia. Now you're talking my language. I approve of extreme force. No, no, the law prohibits the use of metahuman extreme force against non-metas except in life-or-death circumstances. She jerked a thumb at the dealers. It sounds crazy, but we should radio this in and let the boys in blue handle it. They get touchy if we steal their fire. Ridiculous. Every country has laws governing extra-legal metahuman organizations like ECHO to prevent abuses of power. I'm sure Russia has such laws for ECHO. I am Russia's echo, and I am bound by no such foolish law. Are you going to stop me from arresting these perps? Belladonna chewed her lip. How will you arrest them? You're not licensed. You can't even make a citizen's arrest. Red Savior took her hand. Then I will need you. Come with me, citizen. She tugged Belladonna down the shoulder of the road. Atlanta was notorious for lacking sidewalks. Listen, Savior. Commissar. Belladonna lowered her voice as they came within speaking distance of their prey. Okay, Commissar. I grant you that these scum are breaking all sorts of laws, but they're more symptoms of a greater problem. The Narcotics Division works every angle to find these guys as suppliers, higher up the food chain. Brute force tactics only interfere with their investigations. But Red Savior had reached the outer fringe of the group. In the orange light, Belladonna's blue skin appeared to be a dusky, and normal, brown. The men hooted at the two women and made lewd suggestions. Hey, baby, said the man who had sold drugs to the occupants of the car. He smoothed his mullet. What can I do for you? Red Savior jerked the thumb at Belladonna. My friend here is wanting to know name of your supplier. My, huh? Why? So she can move up food chain. Please to give name and location. The other dealers gathered behind him, muttering suspiciously.
the mullet-haired man shook his head and chuckled. I can't do that, darling. You want drugs, you buy from Chimmy T. With lightning speed, Red Savior decked him. His jaw broke with a loud, sickly crack. It's wrong answer, Mr. T. I will ask your friends. She stepped over his writhing form to face a massive black man with cornrows. You, Bolshoi Beak Man, give me name and location of your supplier. The hell with that, he said, balling up his meaty fist and swinging at her. With Sistema's deceptive casualness, she caught his arm and slammed him into the ground. Bracing her foot, she twisted his arm until the bone snapped and let the arm flop to the ground. The bone jutted out from the skin. The man shrieked and bled. Christ, Belladonna said. I will ask again, Red Savior announced. Her next target flinched away from her. She grabbed his collar. Your supplier, Svinia. Be smart and spit beans. Let me go. My friend is being authorized to arrest you. She pulled the man to her. All I can do is hurt you. The dealer's eyes were wild. Y you a cop? Yet, I am a communist. At her grin, the man strained to escape. Belladonna stepped forward. Echo Mach 2 Belladonna Blue, you boys are all under arrest for selling illicit substances. They laughed in a chorus of derision. Several pulled aside their oversized jackets to reveal handguns. There ain't but three of you, one man said. Why shouldn't we whip your asses like them Nazis did? Three? Red Savior glanced back to see Vicky V, as pale as a sheet, standing behind them. You should stay in car, Sestra, she said softly. Bellatone is right. Th this is a police matter, Vicky said, her voice thin. I've made the call. Cops don't care. They ain't coming, the dealer said with a sneer. This town's ours now. Not while I'm here, Belladonna said. Or while I'm visiting. Right. Vicky took a deep breath. Uh, I can subdue them until the police arrive. Yet. It's Dreamforce law. No powers. Red Savior twisted her captive's arm behind him. We'll have to restrain them the old-fashioned way. She kicked out his legs and threw him to the sidewalk. His squeal of pain was cut off by a quick kick to the head. The swift act of brutality ended the standoff. As one of the dealers surged forward, howling with rage, Red Savior grabbed the fist of her first attacker, broke it, and kneed the man in the stomach as he sailed past her. She spun around him and punched another dealer in the face. Dave, Dave, come on, my friends! There was no mistaking the savage joy in her cry. Belladonna hesitated. I'm a DCO now. I'm not supposed to fight. Nevertheless, she performed an Aikido throw on the man who dove at her. I'm a healer. Someone has to be hurt before you can heal them, Red Savior called back. Must I do work myself? A fist caught her in the jaw. She grinned and wiped the blood from her lip, then seized the man's arm and cast him into a nearby attacker with a club. Look, a weapon. This qualifies for life or death, yet? Yet, Belladonna said, has to be lethal. Club can be lethal, 
the Russian said, pouting. Vicky, I am needing backup from you. Please to injure someone. Vicky backed away from the two advancing thugs, hands up to ward off their attacks. Tears spilled down her cheeks. I can't. I can't. Stay back? I'll give you a reason to cry, her attacker said. You better bring your game. You're going to mess with us. She stumbled out of the way as the other man lunged at her. His laughter was the harsh laughter of a sadist with a victim in his sights. Red Savior pushed through the mob gathering around her to reach Vicky. Fight them, she shouted. A drug dealer grabbed her hair and pulled her back into the arms of his comrades. A dozen hands clawed at her. She had lost her advantage of mobility. Damn it, Belladonna said, clenching her fists. The blue girl's orders crippled her, Red Savior realized. As a damage control officer, a role that Soviet filled in CCCP, she was to let her teammates do the fighting and instead concentrate on healing and protecting bystanders. Yet Vicky was as helpless as a bystander and the rest of her team consisted only of Natalia. If this was law enforcement in America, she wanted no part of it. The FSO Council of Old Men were permissive in comparison. She mine, a cruel voice nearby said, and with a glint of steel gave Red Savior the opening she needed. A knife glittered in his hand, and his smile promised that he knew how to use it. Knife! Red Savior strained to be heard over the chaos. Is life or death? Yes! Belladonna said. Horror show. Energy had been surging inside her, excited by the danger of the fight. Now she could release it. Her fists glowed once again. Those restraining her jumped back in alarm. So did the knife wielder. Oh, man. Take it easy, lady, he said. Red Savior laughed and unleashed a blast of blue energy. It enveloped the man and hurled him out into the street, a lump of flesh. Medic, please to fix him. She cast about for the thugs menacing Vicky V. Neither they nor the metahuman were anywhere to be found. We have lost Naj, she said. Let us finish quickly. With a glowing hand, she swatted a man away with a disturbing crunch of breaking bones. Fix him next. A cluster of dealers had backed away and drawn their guns. Red Savior launched into the air on a column of energy and hurtled down into their midst. Her fist struck the ground. The resulting explosion of energy sent the remaining criminals sprawling. Oops! More damage to control, Red Savior grinned. Medicon team is being very useful. I do not need to restrain myself. Belladonna cradled the knife fighter's body. If you don't mind leaving these men as cripples, I do no sleep over it. She sent a blast into the back of a fleeing drug dealer. These Svinias have made their choice. I am the consequence. A wounded drug dealer raised his gun and took aim at Red Savior's back. Belladonna spotted him from her vantage point on the ground and hurled a bolt of psychic energy at the man's mind. His eyes bulged and he collapsed in a quivering heap with a strangled squeak. Red Savior spun on her heels, fists ready. Got your back, Belladonna said with a hint of satisfaction. Spasibo. I think we have run out of citizens arrest to make. Where's Vicky? Bosmoy, I had forgotten her. Belladonna flicked on her comm unit. Come in, Vicky. Where are you? 
A plaintive voice with a metallic twang came over the tiny speaker. I'm sorry. I couldn't help it, Vicky said. I'm so sorry. The blue girl frowned. We need your location. They only heard the sound of sobbing. She's losing it, Belladonna said. She couldn't have gone far. She's in that alley, Red Savior pointed down the street. How do you know? I could hear voice resonating on ventilation grid. In close space. She began to build up energy. Ten to wounded. I will bring her back. Blue light illuminated them as she released a burst of energy from her feet and shot into the sky. She arced over the street towards the alleyway. A pair of large mounds of concrete and asphalt guarded the entrance to the alley, making it inaccessible to cars. Victoria Victrix huddled against a dumpster. She had closed off from the world, arms covering her head. Blonde hair fell in a curtain over her face. She shook with sobs. The two drug dealers who had pursued her were nowhere to be seen. Red Savior cut off her propulsion and let her momentum carry her into the alley. She hit the ground and rolled into a crouch. The Americans showed all the signs of a full-fledged panic attack. Using a blast of energy to land like a rocket would only upset her further. She noted with mild satisfaction the metallic grate over the woman's head. Sestra. Red Savior laid a gentle hand on her shoulder. Victoria pulled away with a gasp. Victoria, please listen to me. You are being safe. I am here now. Belladonna's voice chirped in the woman's earpiece. Red Savior removed it with careful, non-threatening movements. Commissar here. Can you hear me? Yes. Is she injured? No injuries here. Just one frightened devushka. She surveyed the alley. And no sign of attackers. Roger that. I'll stay here with your... perpetrators. They'll live, I think. Horosho. Red Savior pocketed the device and turned her attention to the sobbing woman. Victoria, please to be talking to me. Are you all right? Her nod was almost imperceptible in the dim light, but the woman tried to squeeze herself into a tighter ball. Natalia searched her memory for her militia commander Yevgeny Petrovich's advice on agoraphobics. Perceived threats frighten them as much as real ones, he had said. They want to hide from the world. Thus, Vicky had squeezed into the smallest space she could find. Deliberately, Red Savior interposed her body between Vicky and the rest of the world. Their hair intermingled, and when their foreheads touched, and Vicky did not flinch, Natalia knew she had crossed a threshold. She slowed her breathing to match Vicky's. It's all right, she said, wishing her English vocabulary contained more words of comfort. We'll be fine. You are safe. She repeated the words. All right, safe, fine, okay. Her ungloved hand pulled Vicky's gloved hand from her face and squeezed it. Victoria's breath came in big gulping heaves, but her eyelids flickered open. For minutes, they held hands and breathed, while Red Savior whispered the soothing phrases over and over. A rock fell off the nearest pile with a clatter that echoed in the quiet alley.
Red Savior leapt to her feet, fists aglow. Yet there was no one in the alley besides her and her charge. Another rock tipped off the mound as she watched. I was scared, Vicky whispered, and the shame in her voice became evident. Realization hit Natalia all at once. Two attackers. Two piles of rocks. She dashed forward and struck at the pile. Concrete shards and asphalt chunks spattered against the alley walls. A human hand quivered in the dirt. Oh, Blynn! Using her power to blast away the stone, she dug the criminal out of the pile of rocks. Dirt clung to his skin and clothes. She felt her a pulse, weak but present. With care, she laid him on the ground and switched to the other pile. Dust and gravel fell from the man's mouth and nostrils. Red Savior could feel no pulse in his neck. Roughly, she cleared his passages. He hung limp in her arms. She spread him out and began CPR. After thirty seconds of compressing the man's chest and blowing air through his filthy mouth, his body convulsed in a cough. She turned him over and let him vomit out the remaining material in his system. Belladonna's voice came over the comm unit. Red Savior answered it. Commissar, how's our girl? Red Savior glanced over at Victoria Victrix, who had unraveled herself to a normal sitting position on the ground, yet still had not raised her head to acknowledge her surroundings. She will be fine, is perhaps you should worry about. What did you do to them? Saved their lives. You did not tell me our meek friend had aspirations to follow in Premier Khrushchev's footsteps. Uh, what? Never mind. Atlanta PD are on the scene. I'm heading over. Belladonna drove them back to Victoria's apartment in Peachtree Park. Red Savior kept an arm around the woman's shoulders as they walked her to the rickety elevator and escorted her to her door. A gray tabby hissed at them as Victoria pushed the door open with a shaky hand. He interposed himself between her and Red Savior as though he were a protective parent. She shoved him aside with her foot and got a swipe as a reward. Nice kitty, she snarled. Where is pest control? Sit her on the couch, Belladonna said. Victoria Victrix tilted her head back and exhaled. Home at last, she relaxed for the first time since they had met her. The cat leapt into her lap and smothered her with purrs. She removed one of her gloves to stroke his fur. And despite the dim, incandescent light, Red Savior noticed modeling on the back of her hand. She tried not to stare, though her eyes could not resist swooping in for more visual clues. Instead, she scanned the woman's bookshelves, crammed with the spines of both popular paperback romance novels and leather-bound tomes in unrecognizable languages, DVDs and CDs, all carefully arranged and orderly. They formed not a collection, but a reference library. Belladonna brought her a warmed cup of coffee, which she accepted with her gloved hand. Thank you, she said. I'm sure you didn't expect to have to babysit a meta tonight. Red Savior pursed her lips, biting back a reply. Belladonna smiled sweetly at the woman. Part of our job. Just relax and decompress here. We'll return the cruiser and file a report. About the arrests, that is. The unspoken question hung in the air. Da, 
you have earned your rest. Red Savior proffered a hand. Was good to meet you, Victoria. And you? Again, Victoria used her gloved hand. I appreciate your backup. I... I have a lot of ramping up to do. Bring shovel next time. Red Savior winked at her. Back in the car, she lit up a cigarette and savored the harsh bite of the Russian tobacco. She is dangerous. Too much power. No control. Tesla must be desperate to activate so unreliable an asset. We need all the metahuman help we can find. And yet, you do not understand me. Comrade Victoria is not a metahuman. Was magic that nearly killed the Svinias. Are you familiar with magic? I grew up in Las Vegas. Of course I am. Not a trickery. Sorcery. She uttered the word carefully, as though it were the very thing it described. My country is ancient land. There are those unwise enough to explore the dark ways banished by Orthodox Church. Do you know story of Rasputin? Belladonna nodded, keeping her eyes on the road. Yet, you only know official story, which church issued to quell frightened population and to discourage curious workers from exploring same paths. Rasputin truly possessed magical powers gleaned from his research into ancient traditions. He was killed, with difficulty, as you know, to prevent him from spreading knowledge, but ideas carry on wind like seedlings. She paused to draw smoke into her lungs as if to scourge a memory. I have dealt with his kind, his inheritors. Magic is poison. We saw things from our own minds that cannot be forgotten. Hallucinations. Nothing so simple. I cannot explain it well. This is the nature of magic. It cannot be explained, cannot be controlled. Echo would be well served to eliminate any practitioner of magic as precaution. Eliminate? You can't seriously mean we should kill Vicky. Da, and Cat for safety's sake. Is preemptive strike. She may be on your side now, but that is being almost as dangerous. Did she bury perpetrators out of fear or out of spite? Fear, obviously. Belladonna cast her a sidelong look. I think you're overreacting. If she's Echo, it means she can be trusted. I only trust what I can control. Good intentions can change to bad with simple twist. And then there are people like me who give trust to get trust. I am here to protect innocents like you. We innocents are here to save you from yourself. Belladonna started the car and pulled away from the curve. Or so you want us to believe. Jesus, Natalia, that is some classic Soviet paranoia there. The Cold War ended a decade ago. Red Savior raised an eyebrow at her. Oh, how rude of me. Call me Saad. The honorific hung heavy in the air. Passing streetlights animated the seat between them with sharp-edged shadows. At last, Red Savior smiled. Natalia is fine, comrade Della.
They found Nikolai, workers' champion, and Alex Tesla standing at the lip of a crater, partly obscured by rubble from the collapsed administration building. Crews had roped off the site into a grid. A metahuman with robotic arms dug patiently through the concrete and steel as construction workers directed halogen lamps to shine into the holes he created. Red Savior introduced Belladonna to her father and workers' champion. Both looked pleased when the blue girl greeted them in Russian. Back so soon, my dear. Nikolai kissed his daughter on both cheeks. The formal greeting made her suspicious. I have seen enough. Mr. Tesla has much work to do to restore order in Atlanta. I am reminded of the work that awaits us back home. Nikolai cleared his throat. Da, da, well, you see, about that, my wolfling. You are stink. Workers' champion interrupted. Arrangements will be made. She stared at them, stunned. Her father gave an apologetic smile and shrugged. You... You are teasing, she said in Russian. The ground seemed to cling to her, the southern humidity a dewy net. You cannot be serious. Alex Tesla stepped forward to shake her hand. I can't tell you how much we appreciate your generous offer. They said you had suggested it on the plane ride over. Really were touched. She barely gripped his hand. Her eyes never left her fellow Russians' faces. Since you two have had some time to get to know each other, perhaps Ms. Parker will be willing to serve as your liaison while your team establishes itself in the city. Belladonna beamed triumphantly at Red Savior. Tesla offered his own weary smile. As the man said, this will be the start of a beautiful friendship. Red Savior shook her head from side to side, slowly, as if denial could erase the terrible orders she was receiving from workers' champion, her father, and, by extension, the government itself. Tesla began to explain his movie reference to her, but his words were drowned out by the roar of anguish blowing from her heart with the inevitability of a hurricane wind. This was not reassignment. This was exile. You have been listening to The Secret World Chronicle, Red, White, and Blues, Part 2, by Steve Libby, read by Veronica Jaguer. Visit our website, www.secretworldchronicle.com, to hear Book 1, Invasion, Metahuman Tales from World War II, and Steve Libby's new book, The Bloodbaths. The website also contains author interviews, character backgrounds, and artwork. Surf over today for the full Secret World experience. 